0: intense but not tense is it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's really tricky when you when you go and you point out the, all the 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 solutions and and also the problems go you have that uh, that uh, you have to be really focused and uh, and also not tense you have to stay loose your body needs to be ready to react but also in a position to to react to a lot of things <laughs> so hey. it's really it's really hard it's really, it's cool. really
1: hard. That was Cristobal Huey, former NHL goaltender and Stanley Cup champion. And you're listening to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Podolan. Welcome to Up My Hockey with Jason Podolan where we deconstruct the NHL journey, discuss what it takes to make it, and have a few laughs along the way. I'm your host, Jason Podolan, a 31st overall draft pick who played 41 NHL games but thought he was destined for a 1,000. Learn from my story and those of my guests. This is a hockey podcast about reaching your potential. Hello and welcome back to the Up My Hockey podcast with Jason Podolan. I am Jason Podolan, your host for episode number 53. I uh, can't believe we're at 53 already and we are going back to the men in the crease, our goalies, the goalie union as Kevin Weeks would call it, uh, to speak with Cristobal Huey, or as I would call him and his teammates in Mannheim, uh, Disco. So Cristobal joined our team in Mannheim, uh, I believe in the 2004-2005 lockout year, and he was one of many NHL uh players who was looking for work during the lockout and he ended up coming with us uh, he joined Yoshin Hecht uh, among others uh to play in the in the DEL that year and, and Disco was an absolute blessing to, uh, to come to the team he not only did he play outstanding uh, he was a tandem with Steve Passmore who's a past guest and a friend of mine on the show as well but uh, those two got along great they were just the perfect complement to the guys in the room and not only did they play well together, but Disco, I believe, took his game uh, to another level. We get into that a little bit today, but he—he he was unbeatable at times. Like, and I'm not talking like for minutes at a time. I'm talking for like weeks at a time, where he was just on it in practice, and he was competitive. And it was the same thing in games, and he he uh we really did ride him in the playoffs too he did an unbelievable job for us and he left manheim the following season uh to play with the canadians where he had probably two of his best years as a professional where he led the league in uh say percentage one year he was in the top five in goals against uh ended up taking over the number one spot there in in montreal from josé theodore a past vesina trophy winner and, and heart trophy winner so that's not anything that's easy to do uh but yeah, we talk about his time, you know, he, he came up, uh, out of, uh, France, uh, one of the, well, second ever French born player, uh, at the time to play in the national league and the first goaltender to ever play from France. Uh, he ended up coming over and being drafted by the Kings and, and got his start with the, with the Los Angeles Kings ended up getting traded to the Canadians, um, from there went to Washington and was part of their epic playoff run. Uh, they had to do something remarkable. I can't remember exactly what the, what the record was, but they, they ended up, uh, winning, I think 10, 10 games in a row at the end of the season to make the playoffs and, and, uh, crystal ball was was their number one got traded from for montreal took over for Olaf kolzig and uh, i think he went 10 and 2 down the stretch had a 1.61 goals against average and almost a 950 save percentage and got them into the playoffs and and took philadelphia all the way to game seven in the first round and couldn't quite get through there but um, to say uh, nothing else than crystal ball was at the top of his game at this point and you know, luck and as fate would have it, uh, sometimes you need both. That he was one of two goalies that year to be a unrestricted free agent, and the market always needs goalies, so it wasn't a competitive marketplace that year. And because he was playing so amazing, he signed a very lucrative four-year, twenty-two million dollar deal uh, with the Chicago Blackhawks, where he went over and won a cup with them in twenty ten. Not the way he might have wanted to win the cup, uh, as he ended up uh, being replaced as a number one uh, as the starter by Antony that year, but he was definitely a part of that run and uh, you know, and a big part of that. Whether you're playing or not, you're in that dressing room and you need to, to be uh, on the side pulling the rope and not pulling against it, and we talk about his experience doing that. Cristobal had an amazing career, uh, ended up playing in well into his late thirties, uh, in the, in the Swiss league and is now a goalie coach. So, uh, it was really fun to reconnect with him. Uh, and what comes through in this is what you'll hear. I'm sure loud and clear is his humility, real humble guy. Doesn't want to talk about himself. Doesn't want to celebrate, uh, you know, what he did well, uh, what he was great at, um, and I find that to be refreshing uh, and a great reminder to what I remember of him back when I played with him in in 2004. He was just really easy to get along with, uh, a really great guy in the room, a good teammate, and coming from the NHL uh, to the DEL the way he did, he didn't have to arrive the way he did. You know, that was a choice. There was no arrogance about him. There was no, uh, you know, there was an approachability to him and an authenticity that allowed him to become a part of our team. He didn't feel above us. He felt with us. And, uh, and I think because of that approach, he really grew his game that year and grew his confidence, was able to step in to some really awesome success in the, at the NHL level. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy this interview. All the way from Lausanne, Switzerland, I give you Mr. Cristobal Huey. All right, here we are for episode 53 with my old friend and teammate, Mr. Cristobal Huey coming at us live from Lausanne, Switzerland, if I said that right. So um, this is my second international guest because we had Dave Nemirovsky on from Russia last year. So it's the second time we've gone overseas. But Cristobal, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's so, so crazy, right? Like we haven't... Well, I mean, we kept in touch a little bit, like here and there on Facebook, but I mean, haven't really had a full conversation since uh, since our time in Mannheim there back in 05, so it's awesome to see your face, and uh, good to get together, because we have a lot to catch up on, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I have a near and dear place in my heart for goaltenders, for some reason, even like coming, coming in as a... As a junior, for me in Spokane back in the WHL days, like I was always the guy who would gra- grab, grab the glove and blocker you know, at the end of practice. And I'd want guys to come down on me and, and have the breakaways. And always seemed to have, make friends with the goalies along the way. So I don't know what it is about that position, but I've always kind of been enamored with it and attracted to it. And um, how, how was that with you? Was it something for you growing up in France there that just you knew you wanted to be a goalie? Was there ever a doubt for you that you were going to be a player? I mean, an out player?
0: Well, first, I think that's, you You know, uh, you, you want to win when you're, you're friends with the goalies because, you know, that's the, the last resort of your team. And um, it means a lot to the goalie to have friends, I think. But, well, I was, I grew up, um, my brother was playing uh, as a forward and uh, uh, I always want to be different than him, I think. And uh, I was playing in the street like, uh, like a Canadian guy and, in the in the street with the the neighbors uh, neighborhoods in, with the neighbors and and stuff so he was uh i was always the the guy in the net and then uh the, my team uh they needed a goal so i stepped in very easily and i think it fitted it fit me very well because i i um i was a little bit introvert and uh i think that was um that was the best move i could make and uh thanks to my brother for shooting in my face in the street
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you always got to thank the brothers for that i got three little boys now disco so when, when we were together i was single but now i'm married with three kids and and i see the uh i see the little battles going on on a daily basis with the brothers so uh pretty good stuff so when you're saying you're playing on the street is that playing on the street in france somewhere you guys are playing road hockey in france
0: yeah, yeah, honestly, uh, it's it's it was very special because we were in a neighborhood and uh, some some guys in the neighborhood never played hockey and we we started to have like two and then three and then four they started to play hockey and then because of, because of us basically and uh, we we're bro- breaking the the, the the glass on the the patio there with neighbors but we have very nice neighbors and um, yeah like like. Like in Canada, like I said, we had the net. When a car was coming in, we moved the car, the the net and, and and play again. Like really, he uh, was it was very special, and uh, we were, I'm glad that actually we we lived like this. You know, we we were yeah. very passionate about hockey. My brother and I. My brother is still in, involved in in uh, in uh, in hockey. is is uh, with youth hockey now, and he's is very good at it. So. Um, yeah, we, we really enjoy hockey, and uh, the passion is still here for, for both of us,
1: actually. Well, talk to, can we talk about that just a little bit? Because, I mean, obviously, I'm Canadian. Uh, I vis- visited France and, and Paris, and I've and, uh, and done that as a tourist, but never when I was there did I feel this was a hockey hotbed, right? So how did how did you get exposed to that, and at what age were you exposed to it?
0: Uh, I don't know, like my dad, It happens with, uh, obviously, my brother, because um, my brother started first, but he's four years older than me. And uh, my dad started because we had the Olympics in '68 in Grenoble, in my hometown, in France. And uh, at that time, Russia played uh, the Czechs, the Czechoslovakia at the time. And that was the big revolution between the Russians and Czechoslovakia. Mm-hmm. And uh that's why uh Yarrow was sixty-eight. And uh it was more than a game in our home time, hometown and uh, and and then uh, my dad fell in love with hockey. He never played and and he just just loved the game because he was so fast and and that game meant um, more than than, than just a, a gold or I don't know what the game was actually. But, uh, uh, so he took us to, the, to our pro team in Grenoble and we had some, um, some pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, hockey players back then uh, and some Canadian guys uh, that really uh, mm-hmm. developed hockey in France. And, you know, it always started with the Canadian you know, <laughs> because we didn't have the culture and everything. And, and uh, our uh, hometown team became a hotspot in, in, uh, in uh, France for hockey. Because we're in the Alps and uh, Chamonix, uh, which, which is also an Olympic city, it starts like this always. Olympics yeah. that you you have the chance to see what's what's going on in the hockey world or in the sports world, and and, and that's how it started. And then my my brother um, started, and and then everything rolls up like this. So as a young kid growing up in France
1: and f- falling in love with the sport, you know I mean, your your father is is a big is a big uh, influencer in that. Where do the big dreams go or, or is it is it the Olympics then as you growing up and you're playing on the street like what what trophy are you winning you know it, 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 in Canada it's always game seven and you're winning the Stanley Cup as an eight-year-old right like in in, in, in the streets of France there what were you what were you playing for what was the big dream?
0: Uh, that's a good question but you know that uh, in uh, in France back, back then well, you have to think what happened back then we didn't have internet. So the, the exposure for us of the NHL wasn't big, was none, actually. My first exposure when I went to, to, to the Wee tournament in Quebec, that was just an eye-opener. And uh, the, the world changed for me because I went there. Now it's different for, I have two, two sons also myself. Uh, they're both goalies. So uh, and now they're, they're still end of the game. They watch like highlights in the morning with breakfast, and they, it's, it's easier for them. You know, it's it was different back then, and uh, so uh, my my dream was to play for my own town team. To be honest, yeah. And it was like that. It's just uh, I watch those guys every day or every Saturday, or you know, and uh, that's the the guys I was lo- I was looking up to. And uh, after your your goals, uh, you know, change, and then you, you see what you, right. you, can accomplish, and you. you Try to make steps every day, and I, I think uh, it it it's uh, it, it was different back then, you yeah. know. And then you, you you try to advance, and and you you saw me in in 2005. I, I was not the guy. I was not uh, gonna tell you, oh, I'm gonna uh, try to be a uh, number one, and and, and you know, and, and 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 be successful in the NHL. I was just trying to survive back then,
1: you know. Right. Yeah. You uh well, the the, 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 team in Grenoble though, that was like the top, that, that was a pro team in France and then the top league in France, correct? So yeah, that was, team, yeah. yeah. So that was a, that was, those were high aspirations anyways. And that was, that was the <laughs> highest that you knew of at the time. But I, I, uh, yeah. I like that you brought up that peewee tournament. Cause I would love to talk about that. I never had a chance to play in it. I, I have spoken to a few guys on this podcast about going there and it, uh, there's a, obviously a ton of history there. It's been going on forever huge names have gone through that tournament and it's so well attended for those listening that haven't heard of it like they fill out that they sell out the coliseum, right for like 12 and 13 year old kids uh which is super cool so how did your team end up getting uh the invite or getting accepted and how did your experience go there
0: um the, i was so it was 97 or i, I went twice and we had like a mini selection in the Alps. It was uh called uh, Alps Selects or something like that, like French Alps. or I don't know what was the name. And we ended up being in uh in in double AA, A, triple A, like international, like high high end. Uh, back then, you know, they didn't uh, really have like levels of uh, of tournaments and we we ended up being in a big tournament so we got spanked pretty bad <laughs> the first year but the second year we won actually for uh, a finished team but i mean for us it was more like the the old experience like uh you name it like we went to 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 see a montreal canadian uh practice with patrick and, and we were all like eyes open and, uh living with the farmers in quebec and uh uh Going uh, motoski, you know the whole the whole experience. Hockey was just just fun, and um, uh, really it wasn't it wasn't that much about winning for us. Obviously, And it was just right. eye opener. Uh, actually, I remember one game. We went went to see a game in Colise, uh, uh Nordics against uh, Pittsburgh, and, and my family was late after the game, and and we ended up waiting outside the gate, and Mario and me would just walk outside. The, the door, like a 12-year-old, you know, like it was just outstanding, just perfect. It would never happen now, now. Yeah. you know, there's like exit, you you never see the players. And uh no, it was great, like the whole experience. And uh, like I said, then you start looking a little bit what's going on, who's the best, and then you know, everything opens up.
1: Right, well, that's what I was going to say. So not only from a cultural perspective, right, I mean, obviously going to Canada and seeing seeing the world and, and being exposed to all that, uh, being exposed to how big hockey is, right, elsewhere, it would probably be a big eye-opener. But also, I think, uh, from a levelling-up comparison process, right? Like, who is out there? How do I fit into this thing? Like, how good are these players? And, and kind of, do I have a chance? Was there a little bit of that going on for you? Like, how, how do I fit into this whole puzzle?
0: It, it's crazy, but uh, not, not that much. Like, not for myself, I just... Thought that uh, there were some people that were great at it, and uh, I was just enjoying it, just playing it. But I, I never measured myself even in a peer tournament. Well, probably uh, saying, "Well, that goalie is really good, or that guy is really good." But, but yeah. I was just trying to do my my things, and uh, I, I, the process was a little bit different. But we weren't measuring each other that much as now. I think of the. The, it's getting harder to 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 go to the pro level and uh, it's it's really tough for the the, the the young kids now i think
1: gotcha how is that being a dad of, of goalies um you know you said it is different for them like they get to watch other goalies you know they don't have to maybe listen to dad like it would have been 30 years ago they you would have been the only exposure to them so they they get to see other goalies now but do they yeah I mean that, that's always tricky right especially you know you had you had your own personal success sometimes no matter who you are, uh, as a dad, your kids don't want to listen to you too much, you know, like, uh, how does that, how does that go and how do you manage that, you know, being where you've gotten to and now, you know, dealing with kids trying to maybe get somewhere.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, but first, first, when, when your, uh, your kids are in that, you, you have a lot of respect for, for your, your mom and dad because, you know, the stress they went through and, uh, that's the first things, but, uh, no, I, 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 coach a little bit, my kids, when they were young, we were living in a small village, and it was great, and I coach other, other goalies, but, uh, I never wanted them to be goalies, honestly, I, I want them to do whatever they want, for sure, but, uh, uh, uh but then, you know, I said, well, we'll see when you turn seven, and then, of the birthday, say okay. Can I go now? You know, and then like it's pretty obvious that they want to do that. And um, after that, you know, I, early I think they they were listening to me and they were wanted to have some some input. Uh, and then I think there is a point where you have to let go and, and let others do it. And then you have like a informal chat with them after games if they want to. But uh, that's where that's where I'm at now right um I'm, I'm i'm coaching the pro team so they know that's my job also but i'm i'm waiting for them to to really uh ask for questions and, right and, and want answers how old are they now 16 and 12 oh okay so yeah oh. so they're, they're in it like
1: that's those are the that's the ages where they're in it right if they mm-hmm. want to they want to continue on so yeah, you mentioned that. So now you're in the goalie coach position, right? And and as a father, kind of a you know a, a goalie coach there as well. Do you? I have a goalie too, by the way, Disco. So my middle my middle boy's a, a goalie, and um, so it's been fun for me as because I coach as well, right? So like having that goalie, uh, being a goalie parent and a goalie of uh, a, a coach like the practice for me has become a whole new thing right like because a lot of times i think coaches and i was one of them like where you design the drill and you know you do everything and then it's like and go in and shoot you know and go in and shoot like but that whole and go in and shoot is such a new thing when i'm thinking about the angles for the goalie what the goalie has to do from their technical status and everything so it's definitely made me a better coach um having having a goalie in the mix but um i find it interesting balancing what's that
0: more stress coach, probably. Too. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But the thing I find interesting is like the 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 position is so technical for sure, right? And it's a and it's a whole different sport almost inside of hockey. But the the mental part of that position is is really challenging. I think more so than any other position. When in your in your job now, how much time are you spending on the physical stuff, and how much time are you spending on the mental stuff?
0: Well, the, the mental stuff, I think it's a, it's the same as uh, if you want for a goalie or a player, anything you do professional or you want to do well, is the preparation. So uh, let's say that uh, that you do the work and you you try to prepare yourself, then you go into the games and, and and your mental is going to be right away up up to the roof, you know. So so for me, it's it's not as mental as as it seems. Of course, you're the last, you know. But if you trust yourself and you you trust what you're doing, uh, then things are a little bit easier in your head, and and then you can just let go and just play. And that's 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 my approach. I try to to really do the preparation before, and, and and then and then you know play the game. But right. it's easy to say, obviously, it's really mm-hmm. easy to say, uh, not easy to to do, but. Uh, you have to p- put things in perspective and you know me but uh, you know i was in a, in as a goalie and i tried to stay very loose and i'm competitive and everything but uh you know you, you have to, to play the game enjoy the game and and uh if you look at mark and Fleury, of course he's a, he's a different beast he's a great athlete and everything but i, I love him because he, he really enjoy what he's doing and uh, that's that's a key also
1: yeah, great point. Uh, <clears throat> enjoying that. Well, enjoying the preparation too, right? I mean, that was something that I wanted. I wanted to get into. I don't know if now's the time because our experience in Mannheim. But you definitely enjoyed practice. Um, it was one of the things that I definitely remember about you uh, and about playing with you. Is is how how much you turned that intensity up for me personally and maybe for other players too because of how committed you were to not having that puck go in the net and how much fun you had keeping it out of the net too you know so like um like I totally remember that and I remember going like long amounts of time without being able to score on you which absolutely pissed me off but you know it was it was fun it was still fun you know like is that was that just always natural for you? Because sometimes players aren't like that. They don't enjoy practice, right? They don't enjoy that process. It seemed to me like you always enjoyed being out there.
0: Well, except maybe my last year, but <laughs> the rest of my career, yeah, I did enjoy, enjoy playing I, a lot, like a lot. I, not always, of course, and there's some some training drills and tw- like whatever, you name it, that are boring, but, but most of the times, and when there was a game like we did in, in Mannheim and, and and games like that where we had we had a fun year and good guys around and enjoying ourselves and then it's it's really fun to to be out there with those guys and challenge yourself you know yeah. uh, being a goal is is basically this you know uh, not la- letting you score as lo- as much as possible. <laughs>
1: True, though, right? But, I mean, yeah, but you're, it's not all the same, right? I mean, and I've played no. on a lot of teams, and you have too, right? It's not but the same. There are guys at that highest level that it doesn't seem like the practice is really that big of a deal or letting the puck in in that scenario. But for you, it always seemed like that was definitely something you did not want to have happen.
0: But but something is changing also, uh, Parts that is that now, nowadays, every uh, for the pros and if you go to, to, to juniors and um, – Probably high school now in, in North America. There's a goalie coach, and that goalie coach is a uh, big impact on on that preparation that I was talking to before. Uh, uh, you know, being doing the repetition on, on certain drills, certain situations that you can't repeat in the games, and then just focus on the shot. And now that's 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 what I mean. Like every everybody went. You know, hockey players went went from from where we were in, in you know late '90s to, to now. It's like it's really high high hockey now. You you see in the NHL, it's really it's really high standards now, and it's very really t- tough to, to break in the league now because those guys are so good. But uh, and 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 goalies is the same. You no, know, there is goalie coach now. At a young age, and they do the repetition and the drills and uh, the good habits that uh, that takes them to the to the preparation before a shot, and then they just focus on the shots and you know the the, the mental aspects then drop a little bit from from you know before I, I want to say right what right it before it was just like talent and and mental toughness maybe and. Uh, the the skills and the technique wasn't as big as now and now uh, we put a lot of reps into into every situations
1: what do you think the differentiator is now because i was actually just having this conversation the other day with a former goalie i don't know if you remember his name name sean matill anyways he was with the flames organization for a while and came out of uh, university hockey in the states and uh we were talking about how technical it is, right? And how everyone is doing like the reps that you just said, right? I mean, the skating is so important and being in position and being square to the puck and and all these these great habits. Uh, But then I was talking about, but then once the game starts, it gets a little bit chaotic, right? And not everything is like practice. And I think – there's room for that athlete still, right? Like the Marc-Andre Fleury, the athletic goalie who now in, in in the game situation just has to respond. So you have that good foundation, but you still need to be an athlete uh, and have a good head on your shoulders too, I guess. Like What, what do you see in your position as far as being the, the differentiators now with these young goalies coming up?
0: Well, it, 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 we don't even know. It's tough to have a line and say, oh, well, we have to do this, this, this to, be, <laughs> to develop a player into the NHL. But but for sure, I think you have to have a strong base, and uh, that strong base. I was talking before about about the good habits and the good techniques. But the good technique doesn't take you anywhere. It's the same as uh, as uh, stickhandling and and talented hockey players. It doesn't take you to the NHL. It's exactly the same same thing. You have to have that part of uh, of the, the reading the game and reading the shots and and being a little bit. Uh, uh, students and and loving the game to to enjoy making a save that 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 part of competitiveness that uh, is a big big uh, part of uh, of uh, pro 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 goalies.
1: When you say when you say being a student, um, I like that actually. What what do you mean by that? How do you be, be a student of the game as a goalie? Can you describe that a little bit more?
0: Well, student can be either uh, watching other goalies, which I think is is a great great. Uh, Part of learning because the, the the role models are just in front of us, you know, and you can pick whoever you want. You can say, "Well, I like what it, that guy is doing," and for everybody, it's different, you know. Uh, myself, I love, uh, uh, for example, Patrick Roy, for sure for the, st- the structure, and but I love Dominique Hasek, and, and Hasek uh, was was a great part of uh, me being wild and and. And sprawling around and making that this person safe. No, but for real, that's yeah. that. He was a big part of that. And uh, for young kids, they can pick whoever they want to do that. You know, but I, I recommend to have one of each. Not, not you know, a little bit of, of a crazy guy like Mark and the Flurry is great guy for that. He will make this person safe and uh, is also structured. So, but um, um, what was the question again about?
1: Well, I was just, you know, how how you be a student, like a, a, as a goaltender, yeah. right? So yeah, you can be a student of other goaltenders, which is a great place to start. What do you? How can you be curious about with the shooter? You talked about reading the shot. What 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 do you look for when
0: it comes to that? Yeah, that was my second point that I lost. There is that the second point is also the, the student of the the shooters, the the plays. What in what situation is a little bit as as the players would do. You know, you have to learn. To read the game, what the player is doing, where is the release? Where is the where is the puck? Where is the hand? Where are the hands? Uh, where is it on the blade and stuff like that? But but uh, uh, you can get stuck on on those on those points too. You have to also you know take that as a, a warning and then still being able to, to track the puck uh, into your into your body or or into your glove. Yeah, but the.
1: Yeah. Um- it's,
0: it's great, great to see the tendencies, and and um, some some goalies don't like to know too much, but uh, I think it's it's great to see uh, a little bit uh, how the guy is shooting, if he's shooting quick, if he's shooting, you know, if he's patience. Like there's tons of stuff that you can you can. You can
1: when it comes to the release uh, in that same conversation I had yesterday, I was talking about you because I said I, I was, I was going to have an interview with you and, and I mentioned the fact that you were a goalie and obviously I played with a lot of goalies and a lot of good goalies, but you were a goalie that knew where I was shooting as I was shooting it. And I could tell that and it, and I couldn't change my release to like fool you. Mm-hmm. Um was there guys that, I mean, obviously there was, I would assume, that you didn't have as great a read on that you remember, like that you weren't quite as sure where their shot was going? And, and what made that shot a little bit more deceptive?
0: Um, there was a lot of guys, I guess. But, <laughs> but um, who, who was, um, well, I think, I think for, for, for goal is Cynic uh, Rosby's backhand, for example, or every backhand, but, but he's, he's, he has one of the best backhand. It is really tough to read because it's not, it's not the position of the, of the, of the hands, or it's, it's really the, the movement and, and the last moment, uh, movement of your lower hands that pre- probably, you know, directs the puck. So you, there is no much read on that. Mm-hmm. And that was really bad in backhands. um, uh, I don't know. I think it's it's really hard to say. Uh, you know, I've been scored a lot of goals. So.
1: Right. Well, I just did. I thought maybe a couple of guys would stand out because you know sometimes there is just that player where you're just not quite as comfortable with when they're coming down. You know, and, um, and again, short. I saw it firsthand. That you. What's that?
0: My memory is really short, and the way I want so.
1: <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Did uh, did you when it when it comes to the personality aspect, and you already mentioned it already. That you said you were a bit of an introvert, and you felt that that was beneficial to the position. Um, why do you think that is beneficial to the position?
0: Well, I, growing up, I think I was uh, I was really shy, and and uh, being a goalie was uh, a way of uh, for me to 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 belong first, really, well with the guys, you know, in in the, in the team and and. Um, and then you know, establish myself, but in a way where I was able to do my own stuff. And then I don't know. I think just my personality is like this. I think it was like that. It changed yeah. obviously with the course of the year. And you know me, I was not introverted in, in 05 when you when I was there. But uh, I've been a little bit like this, and uh, you know, it took time for me to get out of my my shell a bit. And uh, Um, that was a way hockey was a way for me to to be the person I I wanted to be
1: right oh that's cool because it is it's uh, you mentioned you're able to do what you kind of wanted to do and, and that's one thing that I definitely noticed you know being a part of the sport well I already mentioned it being a coach in practice I mean like very rarely is the goalie like Talked about as a part of everything else, right? Like, I mean, your your pregame preparation is different. How you guys approach practice, you know, what the expectations are. Everything is different for the two guys in the room out of twenty, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of times, the coach would almost just leave you guys alone and do to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. That has changed. I think it's evolved with the game a little bit. But um, back when we were around, that was definitely the way it was. And and for me, there was a little bit of an attraction to that too. Like I like <laughs> that aspect about the goalie, so I could see how that was how that was beneficial for you. Let's get into you hopping over. Um, you won a championship in Lugano, like you. You ended up breaking out of the French league, right? You ended up winning a, a championship there in the Swiss league. Is that where the the you know the scouts like? How do you remember being recognized and you actually thinking that you know what I might have a chance to play in the NHL? Well, that's uh,
0: yeah, that was that was a long shot, yeah, for for sure. I was when I was 16, I think I was, I was talented for France. Okay. Let, let, let's put things in countries first because yeah. for France means nothing. When you think about the yeah. hockey world and Canada with the numbers of players that there is in Canada or Sweden or Finland, everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I was, uh, getting, uh, attract, attraction from, from Swiss team. And, because of the national team, of course, I played in in uh, in a world championship at, at a young age, and people started to look a little bit. But uh, going to going to Switzerland was a big move for me, and 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 having a goalie coach that uh, I'm still in touch with is in uh, North Bay now, uh, Tom American and uh, he helped me a lot mentally at the time and uh, on the ice, everything, and uh, um, we. Uh, it was the first time I had a goalie coach. Age twenty-two, crazy. You know, that, that's what I, I'm saying. Is like a different, different, different time back then. Right. And it was I was very talented, but wild and uh, all over the place. And and you know, it, it took me a little bit of time to to get my game in a in a structured pace. And uh, um, so for me, you know. My, my, my dream wasn't to play in the NHL. I, I wanted to be good where I was, the best as best as I can be where I was, the best in league where I played. And, uh, and I did that in Switzerland. I did that for two years and the scout came and uh, you know I was a late pick in in one uh, draft uh, with uh, LA picked me and I had no clue. You know, I was—I was, My goalie coach called me. He was in North Bay, and he called me, and he said, "Hey, you've been—you've been picked by LA, seventh round." Said, okay, good. Hey, thank you. I, I didn't know anything about this, you know. <laughs> you know, that was another time. And uh, uh, LA called me, and I was invited for for a rookie camp, and you know, but I was already 25. Right. So you know, it was—you know—it was. Uh, I wasn't, I was, I wouldn't, I've never been ready at, at age 20, like uh, like a Canadian boy, you know, there's not enough stress or, or competition before that for, for me at that time.
1: Right. Yeah. That, uh, geez, that's wild. So you got drafted as a 25 year old after having a couple of good seasons there and you had your first goalie coach experience at 22. You said he helped you mentally. Um, that's something that I'm really passionate about now—is the mental side of the game, whether it's from a player or whether it's from a goaltender. What uh, what do you remember being the lessons there from working with him on the mental side of it?
0: Um, a, a lot. Not uh, not uh, I'm not saying that he was he took me uh, apart or, or do uh, like uh, meetings of uh, mental, but it was just every day. Uh, I remember that uh, on uh, Sunday morning he would after a game. He would take me and the other goalie, uh, Lars Bible, at uh, eight o'clock Sunday morning to the rink, practice for an hour, and asking us, hey, "What are the other goalies doing in the in the league now?" You don't know what they're doing? No. We said, "Well, we don't know. Like, well, they're sleeping. We're working here." And then he was he was keeping keeping that that attitude with us that we have an edge on on everybody else, which was probably false, but. <laughs> but <laughs> No, but I think he was really good with me mentally. And and when I made the this, this step over to the NHL, so he was preparing me uh, man, mentally and, and, you know, make, made me believe that I, I could do well there.
1: Right. Yeah. I love that, though. Like, that's I, – I, I know we're laughing about it, but, like, there there is a realness to that when it comes to confidence. And you've touched on it earlier when it comes to preparation, right? When you – when you build in habits and when you build, build in a standard for how you operate, right, yeah. you, you show up feeling different because you actually believe you put in the work and you deserve to feel confident and you deserve to feel like you have an edge, right? So like, I like how he announced it too and acknowledged it. And that's one of the things I do now too, right? Like to, you are being different right now. The choices you're making are different than other kids and other people, other pros. And because of that, you know, you're going to be a better player. I think that's pretty powerful
0: no for 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 sure I think it it's great and uh, you know the uh, when I think about those years and and now when when I coach my is it's it's really challenging when you speak about the mental aspect that it's really a, it's really hard to do to do it every day. I think it's it's really challenging uh, using the always the good words and and uh, but at the end you know you have also tr to trust the the, the athletes that they have to find solution themselves and that's another part that we we you know they're, we're not a, they're, they're smart people too you know i think they have, to, they have they have the keys themselves you have to give them a way that they can they can do it themselves and they they will also be even more proud when they do it themselves yeah. sometimes you have yeah. to show them the way but then they have to grab it themselves and that's uh, that's very interesting, but it's a it's it's a big part of the game, and it's a, it's a, it's a wild part because we we don't know how far can we go. Our you know it's really there's always a limit, you know. But yeah, but try and find it, right? Being positive, of course, I think it's key, especially with goalies. If I if there is some some goalie coach watching now. I think being being positive with goalies is really key. You have, or if you don't know, just don't talk to your goalies. You know, it's really let them let them be. It's really a very you know tough tough spot in on the ice. And uh, but um, yeah, you, you, good luck with that quest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just going to take a short break from the episode here with Crystal Ball to remind you that if you are an athlete or if you are a parent of an athlete or coach of athletes and you want these athletes to become consciously competent, meaning to be aware of what it takes to be their best, that is what I do. I help teams, I help players, uh, I help parents of those players support their athletes to become their personal best. And it is a process, and everyone has their own recipe. And that's the interesting part about celebrating greatness is that it doesn't happen by accident. Uh, There is a process, there is a recipe, and each individual personality uh, has a different way to get there. And the earlier we start thinking about this process and this recipe, the better. Uh, A lot of you have heard in the interviews with with scouts and with some of these uh, assistant general managers or director of player development that they receive players at 18 19 years old that haven't really figured out how to do this on a on a professional level that maybe they had the talent to get them there but they don't really know what it takes to push forward, to be their best, handle this adversity. And a lot of the stuff that they're learning or trying to teach them at this level is that on-the-job training of how to become a professional and how to become consciously competent. So the earlier we have these discussions, the better. Uh, the success I've been having with teams lately has been really profound. Uh, really enjoy the work that I'm doing. So if you're interested about that, how to become your best or how to allow your players uh, to look at themselves on an individual level Uh, to step into their own personal potential, which will allow the team uh, to step into their personal potential uh, on a collective level, by all means, check it out on www.upmyhockey.com. Would love to uh, check out the services section there and see what I have to offer. Uh, So without further ado, let's get back to the interview with Cristobal Huey. Well, it's fun. I think it's fun. And I think you you nailed it on the head uh, too about I mean, talking about empowering goalies, right? Like it's one thing, I don't know what the right word is, like to hold somebody's hand, right? Like to help, uh, but you need—you want them to feel like they have the keys to themselves, right? That they are starting to put these pieces of the puzzle together. And that builds that self-belief and self-confidence uh, that they can go and they can handle this, right? Uh, uh, I like that's one of the best parts of being a coach. I, I mean, I love that aspect is like allowing the athlete to be curious about themselves, you know and i and i it, just recently I've talked about the recipe for greatness and like the, your recipe for greatness is going to be different than mine who's mm-hmm. going to be different than Patrick was right but there is a recipe and be curious about it right like find out what that is and uh, and helping athletes be curious about that is is uh, is something that i find quite fun and and a lot of times athletes don't think about it that way though either right like what what does make me be my best a lot of times that question doesn't really go like that
0: and, and and don't forget, there's different different point of view. If you're talking to to coaching, uh, you like uh, young kids that is ten or fifteen, or pro, it's totally different. You have to have to respect the approach of of talking to a young kid or or you know like a fifteen year old that is is pretty good hockey player, but he's still a kid. You know, you have to you have to approach things differently between like depending on the the age and uh, yeah. the. Uh, the, the level they're playing, of course. So um, everybody, you know? Yeah,
1: exactly. Sure. How, uh, give me your, your, your uh, memories of your first experience or coming overseas and being a part of an NHL organization and an NHL training camp. What was that? How was that for you?
0: <laughs> I didn't plan on t- telling that story, but uh, it's, it, it regards somebody, you know, and my first, first NHL camp, I was with uh, Eric Healy. Yeah. Yep. Eric starts uh, with an H and my name too so we were doing the the, tests, the physical test together that's my first experience and all I can say is I felt pretty good about myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome
0: right, he'll, he'll that also...
1: was <laughs> <clears throat> oh my goodness that's <laughs> funny
0: I'm, I'm, I'm
1: yeah, no, he'd be the first one to laugh at himself too. And so Heels is probably listening because he he does like uh, he does like the podcast. And his son, by the way, is a is a heck of a player, sixth overall in the draft there. And he's he uh, has a chance to to become a pro himself. But Eric Healy was a heck of a player, great hands, um, saw the game super well. We the we uh, uh, Cristobal and I both played with him in Mannheim. Uh, but by all accounts he wasn't the most in shape um professional athlete out there so uh so Disco felt pretty good after getting off the bike oh,
0: no. a lot of goals though
1: yeah exactly he scored a lot of goals for sure um so did you make I'm trying to just look at the hockey db here like you I guess it looks like you didn't make the team out of camp but maybe you got called up at some point like so you had NHL games your first your first time over there right
0: my first year, so I, I did the camp. I uh, was sent down, and then uh, I played with, uh, so Eric, uh, Eric Kelly, uh, Steve Kelly was in in there, and uh, um, who else? Yeah, we had Mike Camilleri. Uh, we had some some a pretty good team in in Manchester, and uh, yeah, Felix Podvan got injured during the year, like, and and then I got called up to, in uh, February or January. Uh, I had a chance to play
1: my first game. Cool. What What is that memory like?
0: That was great. I mean, my first game was in in Philly. I got uh, I got into the game. We were down three three nothing maybe. And um, yeah, I remember my first. Actually, my first save. I was a uh, like a screen through traffic, and and it was like slow motion. I, I think I, I'm still dreaming about this. I had to make that save. I had to, make, and he touched like the tip of my shoulder, and I thought to myself, "Well, if it was going in, I was probably back to Manchester, over where like red red flight um, uh, game. But I didn't, and yeah, I got scored a few goals, but then they they like me, and I, I hung around and played my, my my first game after that, and it went well, and you know, and then it went the way the way uh, like that.
1: What was a bigger um, adjustment for you, the NHL style of game or the HL style of game, or just the the whole cultural difference you mean coming over and being a part of the North American culture?
0: Uh, I don't know uh, probably the the shooting mentality and, and everything everything that uh, small eyes does compared to big eyes, but I think it's kind of easier this way. I think that going to the big ice is a little bit harder for goalies because there's more passing and and more uh, and more uh, you know bullshit around and and moving moving. so it's kind of easier and you know for me living in the states or living in canada was was great i I enjoy it i enjoy every uh, single moment i spend there my my uncle is actually living in California, so I went there. It's not like I, I, I didn't know anything about the United States. So it was, uh, um, no, it was great living there. Even Manchester. Was, it,
1: was English, were you speaking English at the time?
0: No, not, not very well, no. Just just hockey, hockey English, as we say. with right. like the Finnish guys and, and uh, coaches, you know, it's, it was very limited.
1: How was that for fitting in with the team and feeling a part of the a part of things?
0: Um, yeah, it was kind of hard. You 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 can't talk to everybody or you can't pick up jokes very easily at the beginning, and then, but there is always a French guy on, right? They're always they stick to NHL teams, and, uh, um, so yeah, it was it was easy for me like to to step in. I think I'm I'm pretty easygoing and guys. Uh, enjoying my company even if i i was not laughing at their jokes because again, <laughs>
1: right right um so you got uh you're with the kings when you end up coming over to Mannheim. was your experience with uh killer and heels I- any part of your decision making process of of choosing manheim like how did how did manheim come on your radar and why
0: no that was that was that was a little bit uh crazy time i was uh I signed two-year extension with the Kings, and uh, the day after they they, they uh, trade me to to Montreal, I was on holiday in uh, in France, and uh, I was I was kind of pissed off at the beginning, and then I, I realized I had a chance to play for Montreal, and then the lookout came, and my agent was telling me that. Uh, I signed a contract in Switzerland, but the team wanted me to stay there for the whole year, which wasn't possible, obviously, because the NHL would start at some point. Yeah. So I was I was pretty free, and uh, my agent called me and said and said that there's a man I wanted to have me on a trial, and I said trial? No, I'm not going for a trial. He said, Well, I'll go there, practice, you'll see, blah blah blah. So that's how I went there. I didn't. I have no clue who was there and. It was just pure luck that I ended up being with uh, my Manchester boys and uh, and you and uh, you know some great guys there. We had, we had a lot of fun. in my life.
1: That was an awesome year. Yeah. That was, so you the day after you signed your deal, they traded you.
0: Basically, maybe yeah. a little bit. Uh, right so I, Yeah, I signed. I signed an extension two years, and I got traded uh, for. Uh, well, I was it was Mathieu Garon. Uh, for Radembonk and probably me because they needed a goalie instead of uh, Matthew, and uh,
1: that's uh, right. yeah. that's um, crazy. Because you had you had 42 games that year. Were you were you pretty much splitting with Chuck in in LA that year, or were you had you taken over the number one job?
0: Um, well, I started the year as uh, number three. I had a two-way contract, so they kept me. They kept me a little bit in the hotel until uh, November first, and then they, they 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 allowed me to, to stay there. But uh, Chishmanik uh, had uh, an average year. Uh, he was outstanding the year before in Philly, and then the LA signed him, and so again in uh, I played a lot of games um, uh, to replace him. Also, in those forty-two games, there was a lot of uh, those ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was actually a tough year because uh, we had a lot of injuries and uh, we ended up being a lot of uh, the the AHL team back in back in LA. Right, but that was that was you know when I said that in, in my mind when we when when we met that uh, I was not uh, really into the league yet. That that was the case. I was just trying to to you know hang around and stay in there and belong right. and try to compete. Because you
1: there's you could have arrived in Mannheim you know in a lot of different ways even though you know you mentally you said you were just trying to you know get your foot in the door right still or or, or establish yourself uh, but you came I mean you came with that attitude right that you were trying to get better that you were you weren't there for a holiday you know you were there to improve your game and to be competitive and that's the way it seemed like was that? Was that a conscious kind of choice for you, that this is not a year I'm taking off, this is a year I need to get better?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, get better and, you know, do take the most out of it, you know. And uh, I'm I'm not a cheater in a way that uh, my name was paying me. Uh, uh, I was playing with my teammates and trying to to accomplish something in, in that year, but the fans or the city, you know to make the best out of the situation that it's there. and The best was to, to win it, you know? There's, or, yeah. and to win it, the best for me was to play great and but, you know, and and enjoying the process. Jeez, that's the best, now I'm stopped playing hockey, that's the best feeling in the world, is that when you, you practice hard and you play hard and you, you, you win a game, you know, you have a pretty good feeling after in the, in the bus. And, That's what we had.
1: Yeah, no, we did. Uh, I've said. I mean, I played with Curtis Joseph. I played with. You know, I mean, I I played with some pretty darn good goalies along the way. And I've always said that year, like for like a long stretch of time, in my opinion, you were the best goalie that I had played with and been exposed to. Like, you just seemed to be sharp, like all the time, though, like in games and practices, like. There were there were there were there were long stretches there where you were hard to beat by anybody. Do you remember like Do you remember it like that? Like I, I just you because you left Mannheim and went to Montreal and had a heck of a season that next year. Like a couple really good seasons. Like do you feel like that was almost like a little bit of a takeoff point for you? Like starting in Mannheim there. How do you remember that? Um, that
0: that's a good uh, that's a good question. I think I was just a little bit. Um... Also, it goes back to your previous questions that uh, uh, going into the NHL and trying to make it, and and then just uh, living in in Europe and and playing in a less uh, driven area where you can just enjoy yourself and play, just play games and and repeat and play and play. Where in the NHL, there's always pressure, it can be sent down. You know, now trying to to play, and when when somebody is is, is a little bit relieved in his head, I think he's playing better. Yeah, that happened to me in Mannheim for sure. You know, I, my kid was born in Mannheim, and it was a great period of my time. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. really he's really he's really in good state of mind, I think you, you can do you can do great things, and uh, that's a little bit. Uh, what happened in the year after in Montreal, because I, I injured my knee at the end of, uh, well, I, I didn't miss any games with my name because I, 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 you know, I get injured, uh, I get the surgery after the season, but I missed I missed a lot of games in, in Montreal, and that time also took the pressure away from me from Montreal, and then I played a little bit more relief, and I said, well, if it doesn't work out, I'm gonna go back to Switzerland, or I'm gonna do something, or go back to Mannheim, or you know, there there is other ways. And when you have a plan B and and you play for good reason, I think you play a bit more relaxed. Especially goalies, you have to you have to find a little bit peace in yourself.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it was really cool to be a part of that. You I mean and and uh, and again to see to see what happened with you after after leaving Mannheim, right? Because that was. Uh, you know, and I know I've said it before. I don't really want to beat your beat your drum too much, but it was like you know when you were there. I was like, how is this guy not like an NHL starter? You know, like it was like, and that was like a, even me and Delhi were talking about that. Andy Delmore and there's other guys like this guy's good, like he's really good. And then and then you left, and then you you proved yourself on that stage. You yeah. know, I mean, you led the you led the league, if I'm correct, in in save percentage the the one year there. You know, and where and was in the top five and goals against like. How did, how does that, like, is that a pretty, is that something you have on your wall somewhere? Like that must be a pretty proud thing to be like, you know, the, the best in your craft for a year there in a couple, in a couple categories. That's pretty wild.
0: Uh, thanks, but I, I didn't thank you before. That's the second time you should pump my wheels. But... <laughs> That's true. Um, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, I think you I think it was, you know, like the goal are. they have a prime, I think. Uh, there is a physical prime and uh, also that mental prime and i think it came usually we say 27 for goalies and well for me it was thirty probably at that time but yeah montreal was yeah like i said i played uh, with no pressure in the probably the most pressured city for some reason I felt the pressure football. i felt it's so good there right you know? So you know I really enjoyed for that uh, franchise that uh, meant so much for, for a lot of people, especially me and friends growing up and seeing that practice that I was talking to you when I was a kid. Yeah but, yeah, no not at all. actually have <laughs> a lot of fun there.
1: That's so cool. I mean so but you, you're kind of talking about it like you're not really sure why. You know, as far as like being in this pressure-packed area, in a pressure-packed position, and you feeling like that's the most for you, you've played. You know, I mean, there, you know, you have no, no real I, reason for
0: that. I'm, I'm actually thinking now when you ask me this. Um. Well, I was injured, like I said. So I, I, I you know, I walk down Montreal. I, I watch all the games from the press box, and and uh, I always said to myself, "This is so cool." You have to <laughs> seriously. This was so cool, so special to be part of the Montreal Canadiens organization. I, I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really honest with this, and uh, it just, it just means a little, a little bit more than 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 other franchise when you're French, and and uh, to see that in perspective when you're injured and see well, you could also put a lot of pressure on yourself and say, well, when I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to go there but it wasn't like that it wasn't like that and uh that's that was uh that was um, yeah human human spirit is sometimes a little bit crazy that you when you when you're well in your head you go there and you do your best and you know i think it's uh it's uh, it's indescribable you can describe really what's what's going on in your, in your in your mind
1: you were partners with jose theodore who who was uh, an ex teammate of mine for the World Junior Championship. so I know Jose, uh, you know, well enough to be able to call him a friend and know his personality. I really there's another guy I really enjoyed Jose, like we we got along real well. Uh, was was that helpful t- for you, like having him as a partner? I don't know what your relationship was like, but. Uh I would assume uh that tandem type relationship matters, you know, whether you're getting along, whether you're supporting each other, you know, I mean what that what that relationship was like. What, can you speak about José and, and how it was being with the Hart trophy winner there?
0: Yeah, well, I was uh I was uh Jose and uh Mark Denis, not Marc Denis, uh, Jan Denise, uh were there and I was uh, the, the other guy. Um but it was a tough really, because he had some outside the ring shoe, and he was a bit struggling, and he, got, he ended up getting traded that year to, to Colorado. But uh, I had a great relationship with him. He was a great guy, and he was a superstar in Montreal, big, big superstar. He handled it uh, very well. He was uh, very nice to everybody. He was a super pro. Uh, we crossed a lot of times after this. He was always, uh, always uh, uh, super nice to me. To so, yeah, he was uh, he was a true, uh, true, true, leader and a very well respected uh, guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, like I said, maybe that was good for me, but it was was not his best best year that year, and because of mostly. Uh, outside uh, outside the issues uh, homeborn home hero basically it was it was really hard to to to, to live uh, that experience when you're French uh, Quebec born in, in Montreal right but, but, um, yeah everybody was telling me how great he played those years one of the most outstanding uh, outstanding uh, seasons uh, was uh, 2000 uh, I think what he was, uh, visiting on MVP of the league, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very
1: Pretty uh, big accolades there, right? To,
0: uh, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. There. Uh, how? How? I mean, you essentially end up taking his job, like you said, right? He had a, he had a struggling year there. You end up kind of stepping in there. How? How was that for you? Not only from a hockey perspective, but within that city, right to sort of you know, lack of a better word, dethrone this 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 local superstar. Like you said, you I mean how did you feel a difference there once you started playing, uh, starting more games?
0: I knew I know that I wasn't the, the next superstar. You know, it wasn't like that. Uh, everybody knew that Carey uh, Price was coming up. with had Jurislavarak in the mix, so we we're like they they, they uh, drafted some high time to go either. Still playing now as we speak with our gray beard on, and uh, and it's it's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I think the, the the move for them was just to get the distraction away from from what happened with Jose and uh, uh, me. I was just uh, you know a, a short-term solution probably in uh, in the equation, buying time for Carrie and to, to come up basically.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and then I was looking at the stats. I mean, you have a you have a couple. I mean, a, a year, I guess we'll say, or well, no, two years of like really solid numbers. You know, you're playing well, and then Carey Price enters the equation, like you say. So you you are in the league with him, splitting games um, with him as a twenty year old twenty uh, year old pro. Was the writing on the wall for you then? Like, were you were you trying to? help him mentor him were you trying to keep on that number one spot or like how was how that for you from a mental aspect um dealing with with that the arrival of carrie price
0: yeah i'm uh i uh treat uh, my my uh my my goalies my tandem always always nice like i always had good relationship with them and and you know we play together i am um, i no, let the uh, the idea. and you uh, can't we really can't. win the price. <laughs> no, but, no, but uh, I I know that I was a short-term solution. And at the end, uh, that trade that to Washington was uh, was uh, was to make room for him. He was uh, we had a good relationship. I was really going with him. Not trying to be the mentor. We talk, you know. That's usually how I go with my uh, the other goalie in my team. We do the, the goalie talk and, and try to to help each other and support each other. Basic stuff that human beings do for each other. Yeah. And then the coach the coach would uh, would uh, do uh, the decision who's playing, and basically that's how we we should handle. Goalie
1: uh, tandem, right? Why, yeah. yeah, you guys almost had the identical stats that year when I was doing the research. Like, all, like almost identical. Like, say percentage, goals against. Like, it was it was really really tight, quite close. Did you see? Did you see at that time how special he was going to be? Like, could you tell that this this guy was was going to be around for a long time?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah he was moving. Really fast. He's he was built like a like a, he was really strong, strong legs, deep t- push, and really uh, impressive, and um, his uh, reading the puck was outstanding. So all the all the quality uh, to to greatness, um, but you know, he, yeah, obviously you never know how it goes sometimes. Yeah. Pressure, be off but he, he's also uh, very strong mentally I think he's really really laid back and uh, putting 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 things in in perspective and uh, yeah nothing fades him you have the impression
1: yeah really right that was I'm, I'm, it, even at that age like one thing I talked with my with my son about who's the goalie um, and I by no means do I have it figured out because i've actually played a little goal and once I retired disco I got some goalie pads so i I've, I've I've attempted the position now. And for me, it's like you want to be focused, right? And you and, and and when you're focused, there's this tendency to want to be like stiff almost, right? Or not stiff, but ready, right? Um, whereas to be really loose and reactive and quick, you need you need to be loose, right? So like for me, yeah. I find that interesting because when you're when you're zeroed in and you're dialed in to still have loose limbs and be able to react is is hard, I think, to have that connection. And, um and Kerry price seems to have that like I've heard he's super competitive yet he seems like he's almost lying on a beach sometimes right he's just relaxed in there and he's uh he's I don't know what the right word is but it, do you find that like am I, am I saying that properly like you need to be kind of relaxed when you're in your stance not tense
0: yeah exactly intense but not tense is it's uh it's uh, it's really tricky when you're when you're going and you point out the, all the 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 solutions and and also the problems that you have that uh, that uh, you have to be really focused and uh, and also not tense. You have to stay loose. Your body needs to be ready to react, but also in a position to to react to a lot of things. So it's really it's really hard. It's really so, really hard.
1: Yeah. So how do how do you practice that? Is that something that you practice in practice, or can you practice that outside of practice?
0: Um, I think the of of course the one of the first thing you have to do as uh, for for minor hockey I think is to de- dissociate the lower body to the upper body that that you're really strong uh, in your legs but also capable of rotating your upper body and and, and stuff like that. Um, uh, what else I think. Uh, all the the reaction the balance and the stuff like that that your body is uh, is also in uh, quick quick mode reactions but but still loose that you you get you keep that mobility uh, um possible all right uh i am not an expert of the the you know all this but my guess would be would be also this mm. um, the tracking the the, the you know the ball, the reaction with the balls, everything with the balls at, at a young age is great. Um, I'm involved a little bit with the youth program here in in Lausanne, and we try to to develop also that that they work with the balls, work with the the parents. You know the the, the basic uh, foundation that that will uh, I'm not involve in any weights or anything like that. Just 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 to get them into a into right. a great uh, uh, foundation for 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 goalie.
1: So I told you that we were, we were live here. So we're live on YouTube and, and on my Facebook channel. And so we've had some people come in saying, you know, they they, they love love you, buddy. Still my man. A, a, a gentleman, Ralph Phillip from Mannheim came in and said, greetings from Mannheim to both of you. But then um, Kevin Weeks, I don't know if you, you I'm sure you remember that name. So Weeks, he's been watching and he says, excellent, loving it. And um
0: Thanks, so it's awesome
1: that uh, and Weeksy, by the way. I mean, I don't know if you followed his career, but he's an analyst now in the NHL Network, and I, I mean, I think one day soon he's been interviewed now for GM position or president position um, a few times, and he, I mean, he's doing some great things with the sport. So awesome that he's tuning in and and, uh, and says hi. So thanks for thanks for for tuning in there, Weeksy. Uh, I want to talk. So y- you have this, you go through this process of kind of replacing Theodore for the moment. Price comes in. They know that he's the heir apparent. You know, he's going to be their guy for the long term. You recognize that. But you're, in my opinion, at the prime of your career. Like, you're playing really good hockey still. And like you said, you're in that, you're that age where you feel like your physical and your mental is is, co, is, is working really well. And you moved, you get moved to Washington. And the, uh, the Alexander Ovechkin, Washington Capitals, who had just uh, went through a coaching change, uh, that Bruderow was there and this this team was rolling and they but they needed they also needed a goalie and you stepped in there and blew it out of the water with as far as the win loss records and your stats can you talk about that trade stepping into that team um you know that new coach like what what was that whole experience like going from Montreal to Washington
0: well i was i was again pretty pretty pissed off to be traded but um lot of respect for the organization in Montreal and they handle that very well and I knew that Kerry was the, the next guy. Um, Bruce Bordeaux was our coach in Manchester, you know, hockey world is like that and uh, so I ended up uh, going there and uh, they started to, to win a little bit uh, in, in January but it was nobody was in the fa- in the stands and he was he was pretty poor in that season and uh, they started to win before the trade deadline then they get uh, they get uh, Fedorov and um, I'm missing another guy Jeez, um, um, I'm not gonna have it uh, and myself and then then, then we started to, to, to win I think 12 in a row to be to be in the playoff at something like that right was crazy rock the red and and then and then uh the the washington crowd was was crazy and since then i think he, he well i was gone the year after but uh, since then i think he was it was uh something happened great happened that year that uh, never never went went away from uh, from from washington until they they won that cup uh, a few years ago but uh, it was great, great experience. Obviously. Well, talk about
1: that though. I mean, so you're in there, right? There's no one in the crowd. They're going on this run, but then you have to be a part of this run, and, and you're part of the the to win oh, in a row. Like that's a that's I, massive.
0: Man, I, I come into that team, and there is uh, really closing the number one goal, which I have a lot of respect for. Me. He was one of my albums, and uh, Brent Johnson which was a great guy. Which, He's a he's a great friend mine. He's a great great man, and uh, we had a lot of fun during that that span. But um, I don't know, just uh, just the right time. Bruce Bruce Boudreau, you know, he, he, he put me in, and we started. We won we won twelve games like that. I don't know. Just uh, Sergey was a superstar, and I think he's a great mentor for 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 Ovi. Uh, you know. It was great moves. I think it was just great moves. Not not me, but but Sergey and uh, no. But seriously, it was it was great great time. I
1: uh, no, you're so humble, though. I mean, I think that's that that is uh, humility is a good trait, and I've talked about it before on here, and I think probably in the position of goaltender it's probably good to have some humility because it's a it's a position that will humble you pretty quickly I think if you get too big about it uh but you do downplay I mean everything every time I brought it up you've downplayed. you were I mean that was a big deal what you accomplished in Montreal was a big deal what you accomplished in Washington and you were definitely a part of the success that they had there a, a big part of that success uh so I want to at least acknowledge it because I know you won't on your own. So, I mean, that was that, that was a big deal. How, how was it being in there and then being exposed to like an Ovechkin? And, you know, this is one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And and around, you know, Nicholas Backstrom and Sergei Fedorov and all these new faces. Was that a, you know, I don't know, just speak to those personalities a little bit. Like what it was like being around Ovi and, and practicing with him and seeing him day to day?
0: Uh, Obi, uh, we didn't practice that much because we were playing a lot of games and then we, we, we went to the playoff run. But, um, obviously, I knew him from before and he was always hot against Montreal. And, uh, but, um, he's, um, he was, I have to, to use the past, but I think he's still the same. He's just, he's just a guy that enjoys playing hockey, also, as you can see on the ice. He, he um, Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the game. He plays hard. Uh, Nicholas, uh, you know, helped him a lot. A lot, a lot. Best scoring players. Uh, Niklas Backstrom is a great, great also guy. He's a really low key, and uh, you know, overall, uh, not a lot of uh, hockey players have been disappointed with uh, in any any league, and uh, the the best ones are also. Also great, great leaders and great person, and, uh, and that's why they've been there so long, still playing now. And that's crazy. That's crazy. And uh, it's still doing well.
1: And at a high level too, right? I mean, really at a high level. Yeah. Uh, well, that was one of the guys I thought maybe, I mean, who knows, right? I have no idea. I mean, Ovi shoots the puck like a bullet, right? I mean, he has that big one-timer. I, I thought maybe, uh, you know, seeing that shot on a daily basis would either drive you nuts or it would make you better. <laughs>
0: Well, we weren't working uh, too many uh, one-timers when I was there, so it was good. But you know, you know, practice shot is a little different than, than pass across in, in in power play that he has. But um, no, even his wrist shot is is. You were talking about what's tough to read. He has a really tough uh, wrist shot because he can hide it, and this blade is really uh, is really curvy. So it's really right. it's really. Uh, yeah, he used the flex, and you know when you use the flex, then it's 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 pretty hard. But uh, we know we know him. I think we've seen enough of his goal.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, no kidding.
0: <laughs> you were just at the
1: end of your contract there, so I mean, you said you got traded. You're a little bit upset. I mean, that has to be going on, or maybe it's not in the back of your mind, like the, knowing that you're stepping into a a free agent opportunity here. You know, you you've been traded. You have this really good run in Washington. How much of that? Is in your mind? Uh, are you somebody that that motivates, or is that is that something that you'd like not want to think about to have you play your best? Well,
0: uh, honestly, I wanted to prove Montreal that they made a mistake. That's or my my ex team because that was my my goal that I wanted wanted to prove them that they made they made a mistake trading me. I was not thinking too much about uh, my uh, next contract at that time I was free agent for the first time in the NHL and to be honest I thought that I would stay in um, in Washington after this um, you know it didn't happen for I would say family reason probably that uh, we, we I didn't stay there in in, in Washington but um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't thinking about this Gotcha
1: do you want to talk about that a little bit? So I mean, so now you have this. you I mean, you have this great run to the season. You didn't get out of the first round. Went to seven games. Hard fought series for sure. Um, I'm sure you would have wished uh, it would have ended differently, right? And went up, went a little further. But now you're a free agent. Um, did Washington offer you a contract?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And and so it wasn't money related then. It was more about whatever you said, family, quality of life. Was it just something you, you thought?
0: Uh, uh, it's tough to talk like this. I can talk to from, from others, but well, I was uh, chi- Chicago offered me more one more year and a little bit more money, but uh, I still I still wanted to to stay in Washington myself. And uh, well, it didn't happen. And uh, obviously, at some points, it, it, it made more sense to go to, to Chicago, but uh, um, you know the basic rule is here is that you never know what's gonna happen in your in your new team, and when you're well somewhere, stay there. And uh, Chicago is, uh, is a great, uh, great, uh, great city. We we won the cup there, but uh, it was pretty tough to 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 change, and it's not that easy. start right. well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's why I mean I I don't obviously you can be as personal as you want with it, but I mean I think that's. That's that part of the human side, right? It's not just stopping pucks anymore, right? It's it's being a part of a team that you feel comfortable with, with a coach you feel comfortable with. Um, those things matter, right? And you come into a new environment. You have this contract now that you're arriving with that is something that you've never had before either, right? I mean, you're stepping in and you're supposed to be number one.
0: Yeah, we were number two in the market, market. And ironically, me and Jose Theodore just two goals. It never happens like this. Free agency. So, so all the teams that wanted a goalie, you know, they were like fighting for, for each other. And then it ended up being uh, me hot in Washington. So my price was never the, 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 the price I got paid. And it was a lot for me to to handle, especially like coming from, from France. And you know, like not, I was not the big money guy or you know, chasing that in my life. But then all of a sudden, I was over overwhelmed by by all this, and it took me took me two three months in in Chicago to really uh, digest this, and then starting to play. All day.
1: Right, yeah, I believe it. I mean, obviously, the check size is way different um, is one thing, but even the responsibility of that, like whether the team was putting it on you or not, right?
0: It's mostly the the, the, the responsibility and anything that goes around and. You're not, you're not, and I was putting a lot, a lot of pressure on myself. Basic, basic rule is that I was, uh, uh, I thought I, I was supposed to do much more than what I was supposed to do, which is crazy. Just, just uh, basic stuff is like stop the next shot, stop the next shot. And then I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. I tried to do more than that. Right. It ended up kind of predictive. At the well, no, but I mean, it's such a, I mean, when you're in it, right? When you're in it. I'm on the line, you know, it's really, uh, it's really crazy uh, that the uh, goalies are. It's uh, You can be off a little bit mentally and and you're going to pay for it.
1: I'm going to take a short break to remind you where you can follow me. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Jason Podolan uh, quite often is where I hang out mostly on social media. Uh, I am on Twitter a little bit, um, but mostly on, on, on Instagram. You can also follow my parent group. If you're a parent with an athlete on Facebook, uh, that's a group that I engage with personally quite often. It's a private group called up my hockey, uh, parent group. Uh, we, we support each other in there. We share some challenges, uh, celebrate successes it's also a place where I introduce some of my workshops and some of my uh, teachings when it comes to mindset and character and preparation and some of these other intangibles that I think get overlooked a lot by uh, by budding athletes. And uh, and it's also a place where parents from all across North America can come together uh, and join a really positive community that celebrates all the great things that hockey has to offer. So Facebook's another great place to, to follow me. And if you want to get into what I do as far as helping people from a service standpoint, that's where you can go to upmyhockey.com. Look under the services section for my signature courses, the Building Championship Character course. I believe character is a skill it's a, and it's a valuable skill that is going to make you a better player. It's going to make you more desirable by your coaches and other organizations. It's going to increase your opportunities and your longevity within the sport. Uh, and I believe that there's ways to think about character as a hockey player that uh, some of these athletes haven't thought of before. It's a really powerful course, and also my Mindset Master Series. Uh, We all know talent is one thing, but without the head on your shoulders to be able to uh, utilize and harness that talent and be able to get through adversity, to be able to handle the relationships required on the way to your goals and dreams, uh, it's absolutely paramount. Uh, Mindset is huge And I am able, from my own personal experience and from the experience of working with others and speaking with others, have been able to craft a few different ways of thinking about mindset and utilizing mindset and applying it in your daily life as an athlete as well as applying it to to your sport uh, that athletes have found really beneficial. So that's where you can find uh, out about me at myhockey.com. And uh, I look forward to those discussions. Please DM me if you have any questions. And now back to the interview with Cristobal Huey. Right. Were you, how was that time? You said two to three months. Like obviously you had a goalie coach in Chicago. I don't know who it was. There would have been somebody there. Uh, Were you talking about that type of stuff, the responsibility of the contract? Or were you guys talking more about the technique and the technical aspects? Or do you remember what that, what, what that was like
0: at the time? Uh, the goalie coach was Stefan Wait. He's now with uh, Montreal, Canadian. But uh, no, Stefan was really uh, helpful and you know trying to 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 help me through that process. Uh, I Also had the mental coach. I thought that, would, but but maybe it was it was too much. You know, it was it was <laughs> counterproductive sometimes. And uh, uh, I wasn't I wasn't that bad. You know, I wasn't that bad. But it was not it was not the way I, I not great. Right. Uh, I, I, as soon as I let go a little bit, it, it went uh, a lot smoother. And uh, the other goalie with me was uh, Nikolai Habibulin, who, who uh, was in his last year of his contract. So I was not fully uh, number one. He had a big contract too. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it, was like, it was like that. It was th- tough to, tough to, to, to manage. Our, our team was also young that year. I think uh, Patrick Kane and and Jonathan Tays were uh, this first year and um, so it was it was pretty interesting to start like this but uh, we were in the process to get better and uh, it was not the the best timing to to get uh, my mind off uh, when I when I showed up uh, after that big contract but you know you know he went like this
1: right yeah I mean uh- It's interesting. I mean, I think we all end up where we're supposed to be, for lack of a better way to put it. You know, like life is life and we don't do everything perfect in the moment all the time. Mm -hmm. Whatever happens, happens. And it puts us in another spot. Right. And we grow from it, however it works. Um, But we're still able to look back and reflect. Um, It sounds like I mean, you did a lot of learning about yourself uh, in that in that trip to Chicago. Uh, If you could rewind the clock, would you have maybe stayed in Washington? I mean, you have a cup on the on the on the. I can see the Stanley Cup there behind you. You mean like it wasn't probably how you wanted to win the cup, you know? Like because you you weren't you weren't the guy leading the charge there, but you're still a part of something amazing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, do, do you do you ever reflect and look on on how that might have been different?
0: I'm not a guy who 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 have regrets because uh, because uh, you know you make decision at in the moment that feels it is the right decisions. You wait the good and the bad of every decision, and then you make that decision in that moment. And I made that one, uh, which you can look 10 years after, 20 years after, and might not look the uh, the the best option. But at that time, that was the best option you had, and I made that one. Uh, And also, I had a great time in in Chicago. It looks like (laughs) it was shit. No, it was great in Chicago. We had a great time. Uh, it's just my hockey, my personal hockey side was not my best, and that's the regret I have. Yeah. Um, my second year, I played better. I played better, and uh, I was uh, I was okay. But Ante Niemi took over, and I didn't play in the playoff that much. And we won the cup. I was I was I was glad that I could help. You no know, other way. Try to be up with the, the other guys. Uh, obviously like you said it's not
1: it's not the way i, mean, I thing. yeah when in the- yeah it's mean and it, my my parallel or comparison isn't even close to the decision you had to make but i had a similar one in manheim when i showed up in manheim because i i came there for one year and my idea in my head i mean i i left at 25 from north america right like relatively still young for the guys that would come over and I my idea was to go back right i was going to go have a good year in manheim i thought kind of you know score some goals get back to being an offensive player and then go back and and kind of continue my journey to try and be an NHLer and then Marcus Cool and I came off to a good start and Marcus Cool offered me two more years right and that was in November of my first year so I had that I had like you know a, two weeks essentially to decide is this where my career is probably going to end right is this is this what is best for me and um yeah, you mean and I like you said you mean you look back, I don't know. You mean I I I loved my time in Mannheim every second of it. I loved being on a team with you. Um but it did kind of close that door on the NHL, you know, and I'll always sort of have that little bit of could I, should I, you know, what would have happened kind of deal, right? But we make the best we can in the moment like you said and and you were, and you rock and roll with it. What was it When you talk about your experience there in Niemi stepping in, And you being a part of a Patrick Kane, you know, Jonathan Taves uh, team there. Like, that was obviously a real special group. How does the human crystal ball Huey deal with that? And how do you go from really wanting to be between the pipes to being the best support you can be for that team winning?
0: Um, Well, Quentin, the answer, uh, one of the best coaches I've had, he was not the full (laughs) Best uh, support of me over those years in, in, in Chicago, but I have to say he was a great coach. And he, he uh, just uh, handled it very well with me. He uh, invited me to his, uh, his office and said, well, crystal you have you had the ball. I'm going to give it to Auntie. It's yours to take it back. Might be next game, two weeks, three weeks in the playoff. Who knows? I said, OK, thank you. But well, I never grabbed the ball back, to be honest, because Antti played great uh cut off but i didn't and but good for us it means we we won um and uh joel coinville after the, the right after the game game 6 in 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 Philly he came to me and he thanked me a lot for for everything i was a veteran um and uh i think he appreciated what i did to 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 get the guys going and uh being a positive guy in the dressing room and uh you know, I helped just a little bit not as much yeah. as, as I wanted, but it was very classy for me, and right after the game. You know, I mean, like, he had other guys to to thank, and uh, he came to me, and uh, I appreciate what he Wow. Well,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, not only is that say something about uh, Mr. Quinville, but I think it also says something to what – how big of a part you were in it, you know? Like, because that – I don't know. I mean, we've been in a lot of dressing rooms, buddy, and like you get you get one guy who's not towing the rope and who's negative and is gets a little bit toxic and that can change the the whole the whole environment, you know, so um, that you were able to be supportive and that he wanted to recognize that. I mean, I don't know. It's something that I'm really passionate about on this podcast, talking about the value of being a good teammate. And I think in that scenario you had to be a good teammate and and, and that role h- helped those around you. So, I mean, good for Joel and good for you.
0: I'm very proud of that. But to be honest, I, I can also teach my kids that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very honest and open to, to that story because uh, you can always help and uh, you can be a fourth line or a 13th forward or whatever. You can always help in uh, different ways. And uh, uh, at the end, to win it is uh, very hard. Yeah. Any league, any, anywhere, you know, and uh, it's those small details that, that makes. Uh, but every time also the coach or your teammates can appreciate the value of that is key also. That's how you bound the team. That's how you build the team is that uh, mutual respect between the guys that uh, is not playing and the guy who's, who's playing uh, like more, more harder situation or more situations.
1: Did you? Um, I mean, I guess the talent of Patrick Kane is, is, kind of speaks for itself. Um, the leadership qualities of someone like Jonathan Taves has been talked about. Um, c- could you maybe speak about about Taves just with that, like what you saw from him? Because he was a he was a young he was a young captain there. Uh, what what did you see from him uh, at that young age that kind of made him stand out? Did his, was it his approach or is 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 uh? I don't know. I've heard different stories about him. But I'd love to hear what you what you saw from him there in the locker room, seeing with him every day.
0: No, know he was the only guy I could speak French with because his mom forced him to speak French with me because she's French speaking. But uh, no, he's, uh no. I was I was just shocked how uh, mature he was at age twenty, and uh, everybody's talking about how serious he was and stuff like that. Course he was he was serious about his business, but he was not serious in the dressing room, you know. He's he's capable of, of laughing and, and, and joking around. But um, of course he's, uh, he's a very uh, driven driven human being. And uh, he's very serious about what he's doing, and that's why he was captain. He was he was a great captain at, at age twenty. That's, that's great. easy to me. At 20, I was I, I don't wanna I don't want to say what I was doing.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, that's true. And I think I've talked about that in this podcast a little bit. Sometimes I think sometimes these young stars are getting the C too early and I'm not pretending to know all the young stars, but it's just because you're the best player doesn't mean you should be the captain, but it sounds like Jonathan Taves was ready to be captain at 20.
0: In this case. Yes, he he was, it was a good move. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, also, you can, you can argue that giving a seat to a young player, it can help him develop into that, that, that leadership skills that it doesn't, you know, or accelerate, I would say, that, that skills. But uh, for him, I think he was, he was pretty natural. Yeah. Very, very, very solid foundation and just a, a good human being also. Let's be honest, like, to be a, to be a good leader, you also need to be a good, uh, a good human being and treat other with respect, and that's what he did.
1: When you uh, do you want to talk a little bit? So, I mean, so after you've won the cup, now Chicago runs into salary cap issues, right? They have these guys, they have a great team, just won the championship, and now they need to figure out how to create room for everybody. And it sounds like, at least from my understanding of how everything went, that you were one of the guys that they felt. They could they could still maintain that goalie level position because they thought Miami you know had proved himself he was on a smaller contract Corey Crawford could maybe come in and, and support that and now you're playing in the Swiss A League after winning the cup and signing this this contract like how, how did that all work for you you know I guess more emotionally and mentally than anything else right like how, how was that seeing the professional side of the game and being being a part of
0: that? um uh that was clear that with the bonuses uh of everybody that our, our salary cap was uh was really hard and the next year so i was i was the, the prime target uh because i didn't play in the playoff uh they decided to uh, to buy me out send me to the minors, and i asked them if i could could go in europe uh the organization was very classy and said uh, said that I could go to Europe. So that's what I did. And I went back to Switzerland. Uh, but, you know, it was hard, of course. It was it was very challenging and, and hard. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what to say. I always thought that I would go back. Also a little bit like like your experience with, you know, it's, yeah. it's really, it's tough to, to say that this was your last wow. game in the NHL, and uh, I had a few chances because I was still playing in the in the uh, in the uh, World Championship, where scouts and uh, everybody could see that I was still in, on the map, but uh, it didn't happen. And uh, you know, I, I I was okay because after that in 2012, I was already 37. Let's be honest, I built something great here in Lausanne with. Uh, uh, the team was in second division we went up and now it's uh we have a new rink and it's a, it's a great atmosphere here in Lausanne so when I left and uh, so um, of course it's a sad ending for the NHL yeah. but that that's life
1: yeah and that's, like you said you're a part of something great there and you were able to still play like my goodness congratulations on that you mean to play as long as you did at as high levels you did. That's that's pretty impressive too. When you look back on everything now, like if if there was a, a shiny moment, um, whether it's personal or team, however you however you look back on, on your playing career, like what are what's the highlight for you? Where, where, where do you where do you feel the warmest the warmest on on the inside when you when you think back?
0: I think the best memories is uh, when you win the win championship. Just because, uh, just because you you spend uh, one year with the boys fighting for each other and uh, the same goal, and when at the end it happens, it's uh, the best feeling uh, in the world. And um, it didn't happen with us in, in 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 Germany that year, but it was uh, also yeah pretty close in the final, but it was uh, also a great feeling great accomplishment because we came from far but uh, that's that's what i'm looking for when when a team can go as far as possible and have no regrets at the end obviously when you win it it's pretty clear that you went all the way in, but uh, that's that's for me uh, so it happens for me in in my own town in france in in here in switzerland and uh, um, in the nhl of course with uh, with, with the Black box
1: that's awesome buying that's a, i think that's a really uh, I don't know what the right word is, but that says something about you because, you know, I, I'm sure in the, in the one in Switzerland and the one in your hometown in, in France, you were a key p- p- uh, part of that, of that, of those wins, you know, so th- the that personal excellence also co- corresponds with the team excellence. Yet you still point out to, um, you know, the Chicago one where you were a part of something huge there and won a Stanley cup, or maybe you weren't in the position you wanted to be, but you still remember that fondly. Um, because some guys might have said, "You know, I mean, their time in Montreal or something like the time where you where you were leading the league in save percentage and like maybe having your own personal success, but it didn't ha- it didn't result in team success?" So I think well, that's it, I really recognize you recognize that.
0: you asked me, uh, when 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 did I play my best? I would have said that, but but memories are shared with others, no? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like if you're happy on your corner with your, you know, it's, uh, I think it's uh, you play hockey for that, really. Yeah, that's.
1: Uh... Uh, it's so true so true you know what I mean and and even though we didn't win that year when I look back and, and that's the thing unfortunately f- for me never won the championship I got to the championship final like three different times in different leagues right uh and even though wasn't able to hoist uh, the trophy in any of those scenarios being together with that team and having as much success as you do and battling even in the final and maybe you're not victorious like it, it galvanizes you, right? And it, it brings you together and it brings you closer. And, and, and those relationships, like you said, are, are so key. And that's what's really special when, when it's all said and done, right? Me being able to call, call you and sit here and have this conversation, like that's special. I mean, we wouldn't have had that if we didn't share that time together. And uh, I do think that's one of the best parts about the sport. After you get past the competition side, uh, th- that whole aspect of being an athlete, like it's the relationships that you're making there that are the real special piece of it, I think.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely
1: um one thing for goalies just at the end and and maybe this will be good uh for them about prep you talked about preparation and you talked about the you know the focus on practice and, and keeping it fun and wanting to be out there can you maybe just talk uh as a last question about what you did before a game like as far as like whether it was habitual whether it was you know uh I, I don't. I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but like, did you do something to get ready for a game? Whether it was mentally or physically, did you have a process that you followed all the time?
0: Of um, course, I tried not to be superstitious, but I still had a little bit of a plan as, for preparation. Um, I uh, always, uh, you know, prepare my, my equipment, my my stuff. I would I would go play uh, play uh, soccer with uh, with the guys. Most of the time, yeah. Uh, that was a great way for me to to get stay loose and be part of the team and, and you know they see me out there and you know uh, I'm not the I'm, fully, fully, I'm playing with them and uh, I, I love playing soccer too, so that's great. And then I would do a stretch where I stay a little bit more and deeper in my in my bubble. I, I, I would start to think a bit about the game and do my yeah stretch every part of my buddies and you know go from there
1: so first part when i'm talking with the players that i work with i'm talking about trying to get your mind ready and try and get your body ready and you need to worry about both um you know because you have to be physically capable but you also have to be mentally capable get your head in whatever space that is for that player to, to be their best when you're when you were stretching you're getting your body ready but you said this is when you went in your bubble and you started thinking about the game what, what would that thinking process be like for you what are you what are you going through
0: it's really hard. I I think I'm not much about you know, stretching. is uh, It's almost like uh, like like yoga. What I was doing. I'm not yoga, but the way you you have to uh, you know think about your breathing, so your mind is really at ease and relax. And that's that's what I mean. Like preparation. You you leave some room for your brain to to get some intense and massive. Uh, and focus, in and that, that way more. Of course, you can think about who's there, what's coming, which teams a chasing below, and coming on the wing there, or no, Right. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, things like that, and what you have to do. So that's it's not a long process, I think. Process is to, to be in a good good place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I like that approach. And again, that's probably different for different people. I'm sure there's some goalies that would say they you know whatever, whenever that would be, whether it's night before a game or before the game, that they would maybe see the shooters on the other team and what their tendencies were and kind of go through that process. And some people wouldn't even want to think about that, and that would just be, be confusing for them, right? And make things muddled.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's different for everybody. Everybody has an approach of of uh, when they play their best. What's what's good for them? You know, it could be. You need to be a little bit uh, stressed, a little bit, um, you know, high motivation and and and, and that kind of uh, spirit. And and Curry Price, I'm sure, is more on the lower <laughs> lower side of, of 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 mindset, where it's like really laid back and you know let the things come to him and or something like that. But uh, you, you have to know yourself. You have to have your GPS and know a little bit where where you are and, and where you want to go, and what 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 you need to do to go there
1: right um the one last thing that just came to mind uh just for my for my son uh actually came to mind and he's not alone my son's only 10 so like let's be you know like but he wants to be good right and he he's having a hard time dealing with uh when a goal will go in that he maybe thinks well there's two things either he doesn't like it when he thinks he made a mistake of course and he also doesn't like it when he feels that his team made a mistake in front of him right so like both of those things like rattle him and he has a hard time turning the page and now i'm talking about a 10 year old you don't have to speak to him maybe specific, specifically but how did you deal with a goal with, with either one of those two situations how would you get that in your rearview mirror so you could just focus on the next shot
0: well there's there's two things uh, um, when when you think about a goal like this is that first is uh, uh it means that he's really creative, right which you which can turn the the positive into that is mind process, and if you don't have that, you would not think. Like that, which is great to have that. It's really hard to get it, having that that competitiveness probably in him. The uh, the other thing is uh, is that when you blame other, expect to be blamed. If you blame your your teammate. and it happens with my son, like he was mad, and I said you can't be mad at others. When when you make a mistake, you don't want them to say. You didn't do that, All right? It's pretty hard, oh, but it's part of the. Problem. It's very. I think it's kind of natural. Just have to get uh, like, some points. Money, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty normal. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. I am. And talk about. So, I hate to lose and. It's uh, it's uh, it's hard sometimes. But uh, when the more you lose, the more you learn to lose also, and you have to to, to know how to lose. You're not gonna win every game. Yeah, but you take the good of a game also.
1: Is it, that must have been a bit of a? I mean, like that that dealing with the goal, right, or goals, like to not think about because you can't live. You can't live during a game thinking back right there has to be some way to disconnect from that and just really focus in the moment uh and i think to me i think that sounds like it's a skill that you would get better at you know like or you could get better at if you uh if you're focusing on as such like do you remember yourself kind of getting better with that or finding a way that worked for you or was it just something you were natural with
0: no i think i think you learn you learn a little bit how to deal with that but uh uh, you know, when I was young, uh, I would say if they score on me, blah blah blah, that something could happen bad to your family, or you know, like like that kind of. That's crazy now, but uh, but uh, with the years, you you just competitive. You want to get scored. The process of um, uh, evaluating your goal, you know. Percentage of uh, responsibility or stuff like that—you have to put that on the side right away. Like you have to address it after the game and see and see after the game as much as, as possible because you can't really uh, processing this during the game. You have to leave that on the side and talk to it after.
1: Yeah, is self talk an important uh, an important thing? Do you think for goaltenders, like what you say to yourself in the moment with discussions you're having?
0: that's why we're weird no <laughs> i think yeah i think you you have to yeah you have to talk to yourself you have you have a little bit more time to talk to yourself um to i don't i won't say talk to yourself but you know there is more process in your mind than than a player problem i don't know you tell me but i think uh, i think uh, that's where the mental the mental side comes in that's that you you have to you have to we focus, you know, uh, forget about the past, even a good save or a bad save, or goal, whatever. You have to forget and 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 be prepared for the next next action. And uh, you you learn that during you know by playing a little bit also. But bad experience, good experience, you you learn you learn by by nature. I want to say a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, there's way more time. I mean, I was just thinking as you're speaking there, right? uh, The difference between a player and I mean, we're on the bench, right? So like there's, there's time for us to think on the bench, but when you're on the bench, you know, you're not involved in any of the outcomes. So it's a little bit different because you, when you're on the bench, the puck's in the other end. And at any point there could be a turnover or somebody coming down on you, you know, you might not have seen a shot for 10 minutes, and there's conversations that are happening there. That we, just because that's human, you know, like there, there, there is something going on there. And I think the messages uh, you guys tell yourself are probably pretty, pretty important.
0: No, but uh, for for young kids, when something like this happened, uh, also, also um, Tom and my coach in Switzerland, my first goalie coach that I really had, was uh, telling me that when you're a little bit of. Uh, Struggling like the lefty, face off in the offensive zone, look a little bit on yes, right uh you know, that's an easy way to refocus on the and uh, and refocus on on the life and not thinking too much on, on before.
1: Gotcha. You cut out just a little bit there. So you said when there's a face off on the other end, what what, what did you say? You suggested
0: see who's righty. Um, that's uh, that way of re being in the moment, you
1: know. Right, yeah. right. So you're not having the thinking about what if or maybe this. It's just like you're 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 focused on what's it happening
0: right enough, now. Uh, a bit on in the past or stuff
1: like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, that's great. That's a great advice. Well, that's awesome, buddy. We got over our, our uh, 90 minutes. So I told you we'd keep it to 90 and I lied to you and I hate to do that. So we'll we'll, we'll cut it up. We'll cut her off. But I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, really appreciate your time. Super grateful for it. And it was awesome to catch up. And I know there's a lot of goalies, young goalies out there that are going to appreciate this and, and just a lot of ex-fans too. Obviously, the Canadians have such a long history right and and people fall in love with with the players along the way and i know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be curious about your journey and hearing your story so thanks so much disco we didn't even get to the disco story but
0: uh just disco for today just for you
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah so for, for those listening i don't even really know I, I how it happened to be honest i i think that maybe we were out one night and you you were dancing a bit you know i mean it's not like you were by no means were you a crazy partier, but uh, I think one night you 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 fell in love with the da- dance floor a little bit, and the next day there was a disco ball hanging in your stall. So we called you Disco for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of my favorite names. I love Disco. That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, thanks again. Um, I'll let you go. I appreciate it. And um, we'll just stay online here for a second. I'll, I'll shut off the, the broadcast. And thanks to everyone who watched here. I know you guys enjoyed it. So we we're live on Facebook, live on YouTube. Um, it's where you can watch live if you want to ask some questions in the future. And uh, the episode will be released tomorrow as usual. So thanks again, everybody, for paying for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks again for listening today. Uh, I hope, <laughs> I hope we all can appreciate the goalie position uh, perhaps a little bit more this is such a tough spot to be in and you know as a fan we just watch right we watch and we want to see we expect some saves to be made and we get excited when there's some big saves being made rarely do we actually think about what it takes to make those saves uh from a from a mindset side like what is going through that athlete's head there's so much time to think in that position there's so much time to be critical uh, and to be obsessive uh, about details, that there is such a balance between being focused, being ready, uh, yet not being over prepared and tense. And, and I think that there is always a balance uh, trying to be found there. Crystal Ball talked about that perfect storm when your physical attributes and your mental attributes. Are connected, And that's when you're at your prime. And for goalies, oftentimes, it doesn't come until their, their late 20s, which is why very few goalies start at such a young age uh, in the NHL. And for good reason, because there is such a mental component to the position that I believe has greater uh, consequences than it does for, for regular player uh, positions. It takes a lot to be able to... Manage that emotional element of the game to be able to park the negative things that can happen to you, the expectations that can happen to you. To be able to manage your self-talk and to be able to dive into the preparation in a way that's going to prepare you to be free when you're on the ice. Uh, it's a very, very um, dynamic position, and I think uh, Crystal Ball is uh, is is a was a really good spokesperson for it you know you you kind of saw from his personality on the interview just how he handles life in general uh pretty easygoing guy who likes to have fun and he put that at the at the you know the forefront of, of our discussion today is that he really enjoyed to be on the ice that was the biggest thing with him and and I think a lot oftentimes when we're when we're trying to be great, and that's what this podcast is about, and that's what I do, is you know trying to find your personal greatness, there's a seriousness to that statement uh, that sometimes has the passion get lost and the fun get lost. You have to have fun with this sport. You have to enjoy, if you're a goalie out there, robbing guys, stopping pucks, keeping that puck out of the net. This has to be something that you truly get jacked up about. And then from there, we find the personal recipe for your own personal greatness, right? But we can't, we can't put the cart before the horses, they say. And we have to remember that this is supposed to be entertaining and it's supposed to be enjoyable and it's supposed to be something that lights a fire inside of you when you put those skates on uh, and you go out on the ice. So always connect that. I mean, disco was a, a, a total example of that. You know, I spoke, I spoke of it often in this interview of, of what. An amazing example he was of that in practice, uh, where the environment he created. And goalies, you have such an ability to do this, to create an environment for your teammates that is competitive, that is fun, that is engaging, uh, that gets the most out of the players on the ice. uh, If you bring that attitude that, you know what, no one's stopping me today. This is going to be a fun experience. If I do get scored on, you're going to hear about it i'm not gonna let it happen again and you also might get a couple chirps from me if i rob you along the way um yeah it was it, it it was a remarkable example of what uh someone who works hard on a daily basis who has fun while they're doing it how good that can make them and that uh, how good it can make the, those around them so crystal uh thank you so much for your example uh thanks so much for being an amazing teammate and your time today and uh, I, know, I know that example is one that I'm ins- trying to inspire others to, to embrace and to use because it was a personal recipe for you that obviously got you uh, the accolades you deserved and the contract you deserved and the Stanley Cup that you deserved and, and all the rest of it. So thanks again. Uh, until next time, play hard and keep your head up.